Welcome to the Confessions of a Codependent podcast. I am your host, Jenny Red Pill Rage Eon. Very, very proud to be bringing you my only non-political podcast. Something a little deeper, something a little bit more meaningful, something I think we can cross party lines in terms of how many of us suffer from the terrible pain of living a life with codependency. On this podcast, we are going to be talking about everything from personality disorders, narcissistic abuse, prevention, narcissistic abuse healing, narcissistic abuse survival. We're going to be talking about dating uh, tips, toxic fawning. We're going to talk about fight, flight, fawn, or freeze responses. Things not to say to someone who is a trauma survivor. We're going to talk about PTSD. Also the difference between PTSD and complex PTSD. We're going to talk about what self-care is, and what it isn't. We are going to be covering so many incredible topics and hopefully discussing tools that can help us along our journey to become healthier, more self-loving individuals who can truly find love in this world, truly find purpose, and truly live with lion-like courage. So shout out to Codependence Anonymous. Go visit the website coda.org. Let's get started. Thank you again for being here with me. This is Jenny. Again, confessions of a codependent. Oh, this is going to be so much fun and so tough and so awesome at all at the same time. I am very, very excited for being able to share this side of myself with all of you and hopefully, um, you don't feel alone as perhaps you might be going through your healing journey. Uh, this podcast obviously is for codependence. There is a strong focus on codependency. But one thing that I've learned is that codependency and, and the symptoms and behaviors of codependency are so similar to symptoms and behaviors of so many other things. Borderlines are codependent. Narcissists are codependent. People with substance abuse issues are codependent. Um, people with uh, suicide, <clears throat> suicidal ideation are codependent. Um, people with love and sex addiction are clearly codependent. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at it, you know, laughing with it. Um, hopefully we can have a few laughs. I think one of the best ways to get through a lot of this pain and a lot of the shadow work is to laugh at it. Like right now I'm laughing at myself because I feel like a fraud. I got back with my toxic ex and I'm challenging myself to see how I can maintain all of the self-love and self-care if that can be maintained in this relationship with this toxic ex, and if I can hold my boundaries, if I can even establish boundaries with him this time. So we're taking it slow. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not, um, how should I put this? <sighs> this attempt is not about being in limerence or being in delusional love with this guy this is about challenging myself to see if I can hold true 
to everything that I say and not be a fucking hypocrite, which I, to some degree, I already am. But that is the beauty of healing is that it's never linear. It always goes around in circles. You might go six months building yourself up and then you might take yourself three, three months back down the ladder because you fall, because uh, you get triggered and you don't implement your coping mechanisms. So again, there's, there's lots of topics. We're going to talk about coping mechanisms. What is self-care? What, is self, what self-care is not? The difference between um, protecting your peace and people who protect their ego. Yes. We're also going to talk about what borderline personality looks inside the male gender. Okay. It looks a little bit different than it does with the, with the ladies. Uh, we'll talk about intentional dating. We'll talk about uh, maintaining boundaries and being authentic. We'll talk about work. We'll talk about our sex lives. Well, which I don't have much of, but, you know, we'll see how this works out. <laughs> this, this third time around with this dude. Can you say caught in a trauma bond? <clears throat> Again, I'm not here to be perfect. I'm just here to share information. I'm here to share what I learned. And, you know, I am in a really, really great place in my life. Uh, Some of you may know how I feel about gender roles. You know, I don't think it's having a relationship that's the issue. I think it's years and years and years of not having relationships and not knowing how to problem solve with others, not knowing how to get along well with others, not knowing how to compromise and certainly not knowing how to communicate. (laughs) I think a lot, I think that's kind of the problem too. You know, I think there's this, um, this idea that people have that you can't heal while dating or you can't heal while being social. I mean, there's definitely, I, I think you can date and I think you can be social as long as you are more upfront and honest and you are up dating and being social in a way that is safe for you and not super, super risky. And, um, as long as you maintain yourself first, you maintain your sanity first, your self-care first, and your peace first. And I think everything kind of drives along that and people can either get on board with you, get on that train or not, or not. Okay. All right. So this is the first episode. I was just jibber jabbering that, you know, maybe that should be the format of the show. Here's what we're going to do is I'm going to jibber jabber for five minutes with my confessions of how much of a failure I can be. And this is self-deprecating humor, which I need to stop. I'll just kind of do my confession in the first five minutes of the show. And I will admit to everything that I've done this week that is um, counterproductive to my healing and counterproductive to freedom from codependency. And I'll just admit it. And then we will go into the lecture about whatever the topic is. So today's topic for our very first episode is something that I wanted to share with you that really kicks it off. It's incredibly special to me. And I'll tell you why for multiple reasons. So I don't know how old you guys are. But uh, I'm an 80s baby and I grew up in the 90s and I had my teenage angst at the time in the 90s when 
it was so awesome to be a chick. It was like, yeah, it was kind of like second wave feminism, but it wasn't like over the top like it is now. Like we still liked guys. <laughs> we still wanted guys to like us. Deep down, we still wanted fairy tale endings, but we didn't really know how to get it as teenagers and for people like me, we still don't know how to get it well into our, uh, our forties. So, uh, that's why codependence anonymous is such a great program to work and to listen to. Even if you don't work the steps to commit to it on a weekly basis has been very helpful to me. And I suggest you guys do the same thing. Hashtag coda dot org. <laughs> Go visit the website. All the materials are on there. We're going to cover those materials as well. Um, I grew up in a time when um, You Ought to Know was like the anthem of, I think, what is it, 1994, maybe? Um, Alanis Morissette, if you don't know, 1995. Alanis said, if you don't know, you better ask somebody. If you don't know, you better ask somebody because Alanis Morissette is the shit, has always been the shit, will always be the shit. Whether she is acting in movies with Ben Affleck, whether she is talking about pedophiles in Hollywood and admitting to that shit, whether she is doing insurance commercials with her smoky eye makeup and looking so beautiful and great, aging so gracefully at her age. Alanis Morissette, you're going to be tagged in every episode. I love you, baby. I love you. You have been with me in my heart. Jagged Little Pill from day one. Have every single album you have ever made. I have been with you since I was 13. You have been with me since I was 13 and then I'm ever going back. But anyway, <clears throat> what's really sad is that the song that uh, this episode is based upon, Precious Illusions, was a song that I used to listen to in 2002. It is now 2023. So that means I have suffered for 21 years knowing what was wrong with me, but I didn't get help. This is what I want you understand what you what you what you listen what you guys need to understand in podcast land. Okay? If we are to extinguish and change and improve the stigma of mental health and personality disorders, we must seek therapy for them. We must at the very minimum seek support for them and we must support each other and hold each other accountable. It is not easy to find friends in your life who are going to tell you the harder truth. Not just, yeah, girl, he's a dog. You can find somebody else. It's not you. It's him. Blah, 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 blah. It takes, that's easy. That's an easy friend. That's a fake friend who would tell you that. The reality is when you, when you have a friend who you see maybe making really bad decisions in men like I do sometimes or often, you know, what you need to tell them is like, hey, you do need a man. You do need a relationship. Stop trying to be um, 
so, uh, uh, you know, work on yourself, find out what makes you happy. Stop looking for somebody else to fill the hole for you, fill your own hole and let them be the, the, the love and encouragement and support and relief that you need to keep going on your journey and vice versa. Your friends, ladies and gentlemen, this goes for the bros too, because bros talk a lot of shit and you guys keep each other very toxic when you do this. Bros and hoes or <laughs> bros and just, you know, even regular women. Stop telling each other that it's good to be alone. It's not good to be alone if you're not healing. Now, if you're healing and you need to take time to yourself to do some reflection, then yes, that's different. But the problem is, is that when people take time to be alone without doing the shadow work, what happens is all you do is you inflate your ego with bullshit and listen to bullshit content and find creators and influencers that are going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you the wrong thing, tell you the thing you don't want to hear, tell you to do everything from, you know, changing your diet to, to, to detoxing, to, to crystals, to meditation, to yoga, to this program, to that program, to this program, to that program. But no one ever tells you to sit your ass down and do the shadow work. If that's what you do while you're alone, then it doesn't benefit you to be alone. I would rather be healing and socialized so I can test my healing than to be alone, pretending, lying, living in fantasy land about myself and being delusional. I can't do it. That's the point I'm making. 21 years ago, I heard this song. 21 years ago, I understood the lyrics to this song. And yet it isn't until today that I truly, truly can implement and use this to, to illustrate to all of you what living inside the codependent world is. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with the lyrics here and uh, we'll discuss it afterward. You'll rescue me right in the exact same way they never did. I'll be happy right when your healing powers kick in. You'll complete me right. Then my life can finally begin. I'll be worthy right only when you realize the gym I am. Just that first verse there. What Alanis is asking for is she is asking for validation. She is asking for permission. She is asking for salvation. She is asking for um, power. 
and she is asking for value of herself. She is asking the external savior, the external romance, the external friend to be the thing that fills that hole for her. And that is exactly what we as codependents do. That is what we spend a lifetime doing is validation, approval, perfection, running on this treadmill of per of perfectionism trying to be beautiful enough fit enough smart enough successful enough uh um look 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 thin enough stomach looking flat enough on the on the myspace photos if you're old enough to remember myspace that's what we were going for this is what what uh what what the deterioration of the traditional family has done to both little boys and little girls is, is conditioned them to ask for approval, which in return, the consequence of that is that you become groomed for abuse, marked for abuse. Let's move on. This is the chorus. This won't work now the way it once did, and I won't keep it up even though I would love to. Once I know who I'm not, then I'll know who I am, but I know I won't keep on playing the victim. These precious illusions in my head did not let me down when I was defenseless, and parting with them is like parting with invisible best friends. Woo! That's exactly what codependency is. Codependency is fantasy, limerence, it's years and decades of wearing rose-colored glasses, letting things slide, not setting any boundaries, getting abused and then making excuses in your mind as to either why it's your fault or how you can prevent it from happening next time. Coming up with incredibly creative ways to walk on eggshells. Never saying how you truly feel or if you do say how you truly feel. It comes out in such explos explosive anger that people don't like you after that. And then you lose relationship after relationship, job after job, friendship after friendship. Just like I have. You can be the friendliest, most bubbly per person in the world. And still not have great communication skills. You can have the number eight craft beer podcast on the top 2020 craft beer podcast in the year 2020 and still not know how to speak to men. You can work in a male, dominate, a male dominated industry for 20 fucking years and still not find one single husband. You can spend a lifetime learning the English language, writing speeches, doing stand-up comedy, writing poetry, and still, like me, not know how to communicate. Because we live in fantasy world. We try not to. We try really fucking hard not to. I mean, God damn, I think I'm one of the most honest fucking people I've ever known. I check myself to make sure that I'm not exaggerating too much or embellishing too much. I don't want to be that person because I hate when people do that shit to me. I hate when people tell me shit and then you later find out it's not really what they said it was. I hate that. 
So I don't want to do that to others. But how is it that I'm still so fucked up? You want to know what the answer to that question is? Alanis Morissette knows. These precious illusions in my head did not let me down when I was defenseless. And parting with them is like parting with invisible best friends. As codependents, we comfort ourselves with limerence, fantasy, and delusion. This is why you can be a podcaster and still not know how to communicate with people. This is how you can know every single thing about personality disorders and still not have the emotional intelligence to tell when you're rubbing somebody the wrong way or how they need to be spoken to in order to understand what you're trying to put down. Let's move on. This ring will help me yet as you will, as you, as will you knight in shining armor. This pill will help me yet as will these boys gone through like water. That's, that's my life right there. Us, us codependent girls and some, and many of whom are boys when we thought what we thought we were was hopeless romantics. We called ourselves hopeless romantics, but the truth was we were delusional about relationships, delusional about marriage, hoping that just by getting to the altar, that was just going to solve all the problems. This pill will help me yet as will these boys gone through like water. How many of you are on an antipsychotic or an anti-anxiety or, or a mood stabilizer medication and you are still struggling? You keep going back to the doctor. You keep asking for a different dosage or a different um, combination. But nothing is getting down to the core of where your pain is coming from. This won't work as well as the way it once did because I want to decide between survival and bliss. Though I know no, though I know who I'm not, I still don't know who I am, but I know I won't keep on playing the victim. These precious illusions in my head did not let me down when I was a kid. And parting with them is like parting with a childhood best friend. And that's what our precious illusions are. That's what our limerences and our fantasies are. They are our childhood best friends. They are the disassociation that we did as, ch as children when we heard our parents screaming at each other or when we heard um, um, fists being thrown through the wall or furniture being turned over. That's what we, that's what we did when we were alone. And it was probably worse for children who were Virgos. It was probably worse for children who were only children. And it was probably worse for perhaps children who maybe did have a sibling or two, but one of those siblings was perhaps sick or had a uh, some sort of pressing uh, medical or, or uh, mental or um, whatever kind of needs that took all of your parents' attention away from you 
and and everyone in the family had to cater to the one that was sick. It's it, your childhood best friends, your limerence, your precious illusion, uh, precious illusions. It's probably a little bit diff, more difficult because our childhood, our childhood best friends developed in our childhoods. Some people didn't de- develop those precious illusions until later on in life. We've lived with them forever. That's why we don't know danger when we see it. That's why we don't know red flags when we see them. That's why we run away from things that are good. The people that, are love, that love us because they don't meet our needs in one way or another and we're mad. We got a chip on our shoulder about it. We keep going from place to place to place, calling ourselves adventurous. We keep going from job to job to job, calling ourselves free spirits. I'm, do, you, do y'all know how proud I am of myself that I was able to stay at my last job for, for, for exactly a year? Exactly one year was the longest I had stayed at one job in quite a while. In the last 10 years, I can count on one hand how many jobs I've had for over a year. So in the last 10 years, I've only had five jobs that I was at for over a year. And the other five years or whatever time was happening in between, I was doing temp work, independent contractor, which I love, which I love. It's good to have balance. It's good to be humble, but it's also good to be brave. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's not a judgment. It's just an observation that that aligns to show myself how fucked up I really am and what areas of my life I need to work on. All right, moving on. Uh, I've spent so long firmly looking outside me. That's what we do. I've spent so much time living in survival mode. And then it goes back to the, uh, the chorus three more times. So that is the essence. That song, those lyrics, that is the essence of what is Precious Illusions. What is it to live with codependency? Which, um, again, like I said, codependency overlaps with so many personality disorders and mental health issues and behaviors, okay? Codependency and borderlines go hand in hand. Codependency and narcissists go hand in hand because narcissists need supply and codependents We are here, we are ready and willing to give it to them. So there's a symbiotic host and parasite relationship between codependence and borderlines and with narcissists, okay, and cluster B personalities, okay. Let's look at uh, what exactly borderline personality is. And I think uh, the next episode... We should probably go into what male borderline is. Um, and I want, you know what, actually what we're going to do is we're going to look at the search here 
that says borderlines versus okay no no we'll, yeah we'll just go with the general <clears throat> uh description for it and then we'll get into the difference between borderline personality and uh bipolar so before i get into <laughs> the definitions here i want to go ahead and tell you something that my therapist told me that I think gave me a lot of hope and, and maybe it'll give you some hope as well. Okay, so two things. First of all, borderline personality is the easiest of all of the personality disorders to treat and to treat with long-term positive outcomes. Because, and, and, and not to minimize this personality disorder. I'm not trying to downplay it. But it is true. In, in, in terms of all of the other personality disorders, one of the reasons that this one is, is less severe and generally does not require as much, if any, medication at all is because usually it's just a small tweak of mindset. So much of borderline personality disorder, which is a mood disorder, so much of it just has to do with mindset. We have some really fucked up ways of thinking. We have some really um, preconditioned, negative, pessimistic, um, defensive types of um, thoughts in our heads that prevent us from fully embracing the moment fully embracing opportunities, fully embracing relationships, and fully embracing ourselves. Okay, so if we can just kind of get past the hump of just thinking very, very negatively and pessimistically, that's half the battle for us. And then after that, you know, once you kind of have graduated from the beginner level to the advanced class of borderline personality disorder healing, what you'll try to do is you'll you'll get you'll you'll get more in, intense and immersive shadow uh shadow work experiences which involves a lot of crying and a lot of courage and um setting some standards for yourself that you have to enforce with yourself just like you would enforce them with a puppy that you're raising or a child that you're raising and just really love yourself enough to discipline yourself um it, it and once you start to do that, then you start embracing more um, better communication skills. So it might require some additional training and books and YouTube videos to kind of learn how to um, get your point across more clearly and more concisely and to feel heard, to feel validated, to set boundaries in a way that isn't um, last minute or confrontational. And if you're a codependent, you know what it feels like to be setting boundaries last minute where you just let shit slide and slide and slide and slide. And then you finally do try to set that boundary and you set it in the wrong way. And then the motherfuckers are looking at you like, why are you even mad at me in the first place? And then we got to deal with that. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of preventative maintenance. Like, okay, let's prevent some of the problems in our lives by not putting ourselves in unsafe situations and not bringing unsafe people into our lives and not bringing people into our lives that don't truly respect us. And if they act like they're not truly respecting them, we are going to match energy. 
We're not going to fawn over them. We're not going to beg them to love us. We're going to make three phone calls. And if they don't fucking call back, then they don't fucking call back. Move the fuck on next. We're not going to sit there and have limerence over people. Fantasies wishing they would come back into our lives. And when we do have those feelings, we can call a sponsor or watch a YouTube video or go get some sort of support from a friend, text a friend, whatever Whatever it takes to get back to feeling empowered, it is our responsibility to do that for ourselves. And when we do that as borderlines, we can heal. Okay, and I still have done all this talking and haven't even told you what are the traits of BPD. So let's get into it. This is from the National Education Alliance for Borderline Disorder. What is BPD and emotional emotion dysregulation? Okay. Um, well, I was hoping they would just have a simple paragraph, but it does not look like they do. So let's go somewhere else. Okay. Okay. Understanding Borderline Personality Disorder. This is from Brain and Behavior Research Institute. This was posted May 4th, 2022. And um, looks like this was a Q&A with Dr. Anthony Ruroco, um, PhD in psychology. Okay. And uh, he is in the University of Toronto professor. Okay. Dr. Ruroco conducts research at the intersection of clinical psychology, neuropsychology, and cognitive affective neuroscience. His focus is on externalizing psychopathy, disinhibited behaviors, personality disorders, and di- diagnoses and traits, substance use disorders, suicidal thinking and behaviors, and depression, with particular emphasis on executive functions, especially cognitive control. Dr. Ruko personality disorders are remarkably common in the population, affecting as many as 9% of adults, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. About 1.4% of adults over 3 million experience borderline personality disorder in a typical year. The MIMH says making it the most common personality disorder, but you don't hear very much about BPD or other PDs. Is this due to stigma? In the current DSM classification system, there are 10 distinct personality disorders. I study borderline personality disorder in particular. Regarding BPD, I would say yes, there is a stigma. But I would say we're starting to see this change. We're starting to see more people talking about it, although not as much perhaps as bipolar disorder, autism, depression, or schizophrenia. One problem associated with the diagnosis is that many medical professionals professionals don't know enough about personality disorders or how to treat them. You hear the story of a parent who goes to a local clinic and tells the doctor, I think my child has borderline personality disorder. And the doctor replies, well, we don't actually treat people with that diagnosis at this clinic. Not because they don't want to, I assume, but because they don't know how to. Yes. The honest answer in, in such a case might be, we don't have the expertise. Um, okay, let me scroll down. Okay. In the way that they have traditionally been defined, personality disorders can involve disturbances in up to four areas. One area is identity, how you perceive yourself and yourself in relation to other people. 
A second area is disruption and interpersonal functioning, how you relate to other people. Those two areas are highly related. The third area of potential disruption in the classical definition of PDs is in the area of impulse control. Finally, one can see disruptions in the regulation of emotions or what we sometimes call affective stability. Okay. Some people ask me, does it mean I'm at the borderline of having a personality disorder or does it mean something else? In fact, when you are diagnosed with BPD, it means you have a personality disorder. But the term borderline is a legacy of the original notion of the illness from decades ago when clinicians were unclear as to whether someone had psychosis or whether they had some form of what was called neurosis. Borderline came into the picture because some people with BPD can appear psychotic-like and at the same time have severely unstable mood. When they are experiencing high levels of stress, they can experience difficulty with testing reality. They might feel strongly that someone is out to get them, or they may have disassociative experiences in which they may feel they're floating above their body, or that the world has slowed down, or they have disruptions in their memory and time lapses they can't account for. These are the reasons. All right. um, At the same time, patients with BPD were described as having very unstable mood, which could exasperate their psychotic-like experiences. These are some of the reasons why terms borderline was originally used and remain part of um, the terminology. But to be clear... All right, let's move on with the next one. We have um, BPD looks like so many other mental health conditions... Uh, why borderline personality disorder is misdiagnosed. And this is from the National Alliance on Mental Health, NAMI.org. And let me just read you this quick one. People with BPD typically also meet the criteria for multiple other diagnoses, including depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, substance abuse disorders, eating disorders, bipolar disorder, and so on. These disorders, of course, are not independent of BPD, but are connected and related through shared psychological, social, and biological pathways. However, when these other diagnoses focus up, are, are the focus of treatment, they can dominate professionals' attention, preventing any significant focus on the whole pattern of difficulties resulting in missed diagnosis of BPD. In particular, there is evidence that BPD is commonly misdiagnosed as bipolar disorder type 2. One study showed that 40% of people who met criteria for BPD but not for bipolar disorder were nevertheless misdiagnosed with bipolar type 2. This is most likely due to some similarities between the symptoms, impulsive behavior, intense emotions, and suicidal thinking. However, they are very different diagnoses with very different treatment methods, so it's crucial for mental health professionals to understand and know the difference. Okay. All right. Um, So, yeah, BPD is very treatable, okay? It's definitely not bipolar because even with bipolar, which used to be called um, manic-depressive, there are not months and months and months of, of being on highs and lows. Um, the emotional, the mood changes and the emotional reactions are more 
triggered by stimulation, fear, um, insecurity, inadequacy, jealousy. They're not these chemical imbalances that last for weeks and weeks at a time where one minute there, you know, you're in bed for six months and then the next minute you're out traveling the world going, going to Bali and doing yoga in the Himalayan mountains or something. You know what I mean? Like you're, that's not what BPD is at all. That's what bipolar is. So um, we are going to, or I am going to go ahead and wrap up this episode about precious illusions. I hope that I can continue to illustrate to you guys how nuanced um codependency is and we're going to continue we're going to next week we're going to talk about be uh male borderlines we're also going to talk about uh PTSD and you'll see how many similarities there there are uh also codependency as it relates to depression you know a lot of a lot of codependents are faking love and they're faking enthusiasm and they're faking romance because they are depressed. There's a lot of that happening. So confessions of a codependent, we're going to cover things that you will never hear on Dr. Phil. (laughs) You may or may not hear them on YouTube, but I am hopeful for the future. Thank you for being a part of this uh, journey with me. Don't forget to, to always be doing your shadow work. Always be loving yourself, reparenting yourself, nurturing your inner child, setting boundaries, and learning better ways to cope and communicate. Thank you.